0: Syracuse basketball has reached out to another big who could potentially replace Jesse Edwards via the transfer portal. And this is a guy that was dominant against Syracuse the last time he played the Orange. It's your Locked on Syracuse Monday. Let's get the ball rolling. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, what's happening? Happy Monday, Syracuse fans. And thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The official sportsbook of Locked On, make every moment more, Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We've got, it's been a little bit since I've recorded in terms of a new episode. I pre recorded a few of those interviews for last week, both of which. Uh, really exciting. If you have not seen the William Patterson interview, uh, everyone who commented on that seems pretty fired up about uh, what they heard from him in that interview. I think it says a lot about the type of player he is, type of character he has. Uh, and then obviously we're in NFL draft week with a draft starting on Thursday. We had a draft preview on Friday, uh, sort of in honor of the Syracuse spring football game that was happening as well. So I haven't recorded in a while and a few things have happened since then. So today we're going to get all caught up in terms of some bigger storylines. We'll talk about uh, another potential big man or two that can be in the mix for Syracuse at this point in time in terms of that conversation for potential players to replace Jesse Edwards at the five and then we'll talk a little bit about the spring game. We will talk a little bit about Cuse lacrosse Uh, And that'll probably wrap up our Monday episode. So a lot to talk about, uh, but let's start with basketball news. Y'all seem to be uh, the most intrigued about basketball recruiting. Uh, Syracuse, you know, historically a basketball school. You can have the jokes now that they're not a basketball school, whatever. Uh, But basketball, the priority more times than not. Uh, So let's take a look. You got uh, a, a new potential guy in terms of where Syracuse has reached out. And it seems like we we like to run away with all of these rumors that we hear because, you know, we're looking for someone to fill the void of no basketball at this point in time, NBA playoffs, eaten up, uh, maybe that fills your void, but in terms of Syracuse basketball, uh, you, you want to see, because you want to see what happens for next season. Cause it seems like there is a lot of potential uh, with the roster as it sits. It just needs uh, an integral piece or two in the right spot to get there, uh, to get it to where you want it to be. But for Syracuse, uh, the newest name in that conversation, and the and the previous names, have been Abu Uzman out of North Texas, Musa Cisse from Oklahoma State, and Hunter Dickinson from Michigan. You can probably cross Dickinson off the list. Some big dogs are involved. He's taking visits. He's going place to place. Uh, but Musa Sise and Abu Uzman have been the two at this point in time. And you go now to Florida State. You stay in the ACC, uh, and a guy, Naheem McLeod, who started for Florida state to begin the year was getting some big time minutes. And then uh, it sort of faded out and he lost the starting spot. And that position went to uh, a a freshman uh, and his minutes began to dwindle. I'm losing the freshman's name. Cameron, uh, Cameron Corrin uh, was the guy that sort of boosted him. But when he came to play Syracuse and when Syracuse played Florida state this season, It was McLeod that was the big impact player. And if you remember that game, I think it was a a dominant first half, if I remember correctly. Uh, McLeod finished with 16 points and eight rebounds in 26 minutes off the bench. He enters the portal probably as a result of of, of losing the starting spot of those minutes fading. He ended up averaging, I think, 3.8 points per game last season. Uh, Yeah, 3.8, 2.7 rebounds. Uh, So, he didn't end up playing a ton per game, ended up being about 13 minutes a game. Uh, But this is a seven foot four player who I I think, if you want him, and I I don't think he is at the top of the list when it comes to Usman, when it comes to Cissé, and when you throw him in there. But if you do want him, because he's a seven foot four big man, I think your selling point has got to be the progression you saw from Jesse, because this seems like a similar situation. The other two names that are involved. are are guys that got their minutes, guys that played a lot, and guys with pretty decent stat lines in terms of you know what they can do potential-wise. McLeod is a little bit of a different story where he, he didn't really have all that much growth and was struggling this season. And he's got the size, he's got that height, but you need to show him that, hey, we've turned a guy incredibly recently into what some people have ranked As the top three transfer in the portal this entire offseason, we took him from a guy that was, you know, just hitting the open shots as a big early on in his career as a freshman and sophomore, hitting the open shots, primarily scoring on dunks, not necessarily a big time post move, but more so, uh, you you know, you get a dribble drive and a dish to him uh, and he's going to score the open basket. That's what you saw from Jesse years one and two. Years three and four, that ball shifted. And the turns tabled a little bit, and you saw Jesse score a little bit more at will, a little bit more on his own, and be able to create for himself a little bit better. That's the selling point for a guy like McLeod, is that you can, you know, pitch that a progression that you saw to a guy who's probably in a similar boat, maybe a little bit below what you saw from Jesse in year two. And that's gotta be your pitch if you're if you're Adrian Autry and, and, and you're trying for him uh, in this capacity, seven foot four, that is incredibly tall, uh, seven, four, I forget the size. He's not gigantic in terms of, uh, bulk, I guess, but, uh, height is very difficult and, and you don't have many players at seven, four by any stretch of the imagination. The, the list early on is it's not narrow by any means. You got Syracuse. This is the tweet from 24, seven high school hoops over at 24, seven, HS Hoops on Twitter, they do great stuff in terms of recruiting uh, and the portal. But the list is Syracuse, St. John's, Villanova, Gonzaga, Arizona, Clemson, South Carolina, Wake Forest, Texas, West Virginia, Georgetown, Memphis, Pitt, Butler, Minnesota, Rutgers, Ole Miss, Temple. Plus others is what it says. That's not a short list. That's a list of people that McLeod has heard from. It's not a list of people that he's necessarily in formal talks with list of people that he's visiting. That's just the names of the schools that he's heard from. I'm assuming that NIST will narrow or that list will narrow and you'll see what happens in terms of Syracuse's priority, in terms of his ideas about Syracuse, and where that fit falls. But the latest of the names is McLeod. He's a guy that, you know, for I, I watched his highlight tape, I watched uh you know his season highlights. He scores at the rim as you would assume with a 7-4 guy that doesn't necessarily have the most refined skill set. Uh, he scores on dunks and alley-oops and putbacks. His finishing is, it's okay. Uh, it's, it's nothing to write home about. It's nothing truly spectacular. But this is a player with 7-4. He's a guy that does have some ACC starting experience. The 16-8 he put up against Syracuse was his best game of the season. His main stat lines are like four and three, things like that in terms of how he played. Is he a guy that's a true replacement for Jesse? I don't think so. But he is the most recent in terms of of Syracuse's offerings, in terms of, actually not offerings, in terms of Syracuse's conversations, in terms of Syracuse reaching out. Uh, Another guy that they've reached out for, we'll talk about him probably a little bit later in the week if I see any more about it. Uh, Javante Brown Ferguson uh, from Texas A&M. Uh, he's been hearing from you know some lower tier schools, San Diego State uh, being probably the best. California Baptist, George Mason, Western Michigan. His uh, his list of teams is not great compared to McLeod's by any means. But if I if I see some more. Uh, I'll I'll talk about that a little bit more, but that's the latest in terms of, you know, how do you go about replacing Jesse Edwards and you got to find some potential offensively, defensively. You got three guys that can contribute off the bench, uh, but none of them are are necessarily that immediate guy that, that can be the true replacement to Jesse. Uh, I think if I'm going to rank them out, I like Usman the best. Cise is second best. Although uh, I, I, I think Musa Cisse could be potentially easily in that, you know, top priority category or top potential category between those two. Uh, and then McLeod is at the three, but he is the tallest of the bunch, uh, which, you know, presents an interesting predicament. And I, I think what you look at with that situation is you see maybe a continuation of like, you know, Pascal Chukwu or or Barama sadibe in terms of, You know, guys that can finish open baskets, but there's not really all too much more in terms of finesse, in terms of touch, in terms of post moves, in terms of truly solid defensive presence outside of the fact that you're taller than everyone else. Uh, And I don't think that's what Syracuse necessarily wants uh, at this point in time to be the five. Uh, Given recent comments about those players, the success of those guys, and, you know, they had moments. But I don't necessarily think Syracuse, if you're a fan, if you're Adrian Autry and you're one, if you are anybody with regards to Syracuse, I don't think you're looking for a guy that's got good games here and there. I think you want a guy that is more consistently good than occasionally good slash even more rare great. So you'll take the consistently good. And I, I think that's what you see in Usman and Cisse uh, and, you know, McLeod strikes me as the occasionally good slash great type player at this point in time. All right, we'll take a quick break. On the other side, Syracuse football back in action last Friday for the spring game. A couple of things to note. Uh, I don't love reading into spring football games. Personally, I don't think they're necessarily tell all too much, but we'll chat about it a little bit and uh, we'll, we'll hit on the big notes from those games at this point in time. But before that, let's talk a little bit about FanDuel, Grand Slams, no-hitters, double plays. They are all back, and now there's no better place to get in on that action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Uh, you can do anything on there betting wise. It's a lot of fun. You can bet the next pitch. You can bet if it's a ball or a strike, if it's hit and play, if it's going to hit the batter. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And if you're looking for a little bit more this time, because the draft is lingering, just three, four days away at this point in time. Locked on. They have an MLB mock draft special. It's here. It's bigger than ever. Follow along all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience. Only Locked On can deliver. All episodes available now on Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. I have a hit on there. I talked about it a little bit with Matthew Bergeron. Uh, I believe was in there? If not, I apologize that I misled you, but I think it's featured. Uh, But there's a lot to talk about uh, with the NFL draft. And if you did miss that, as I mentioned on the top of the episode, we caught up with PFF's Max Chadwick to talk about Syracuse's four priority guys in terms of highest potential in the draft. And Matthew Bergeron expected to go first of the bunch. Uh, Then Garrett Williams expected to go second of the bunch. Sean Tucker, third in that bunch. And obviously to finish things out, the question mark, uh, a guy that if you watch him play in the character and the leadership and, and the heart, the hustle uh, and performance as well, but a little bit undersized in terms of the NFL. Uh, a guy in Michael Jones, who is the biggest question mark on will he get drafted? Uh, so you'll talk that through. Uh, that was Friday's episode. If you missed it, worth a listen heading into uh, draft week on the NFL. And I believe Syracuse is doing some draft coverage with three of the four uh Michael Jones, Matt Bergeron and Garrett Williams were featured in I believe a series that starts Monday so tonight uh a series that will go through sort of their careers at Syracuse and what led them to their names being called uh on day 2 or 3 depending on the player most likely. Uh but the spring game happened on Friday uh you know it's interesting your starting quarterback's not playing You lost a lot of guys to the draft. You lost a lot of guys to the portal. It's a very, very different team out there. You lost a lot of coaches to other programs. Um, You know, you got a new offensive coordinator. You got a new defensive coordinator. You've got a lot of new position players. So there was a lot to note in terms of new guys and and what's happening there. Uh, But at the same time, you're, you know, it's an inner squad. There's not the most in the world to take away from it. but Something worth talking about for sure. Uh, I believe you've got another great performance. And by I believe, I mean, you had another great performance in a spring game from Justin Lamson. He's a guy that we we really haven't seen all too much of because of injuries. He was out for this past season uh, outside of the spring game. And he had a great spring game at this point in time. And he had a great spring game last year. So everything we've seen from Lamson is very promising. Uh, And oddly enough, he he actually earns the start at quarterback for this game via a coin flip, which is the most Dino Babers thing ever. Because as, as many of you have probably heard me speak about before, Dino Babers doesn't answer questions. He just talks. And he's not answering things about the program. He's not letting coordinators talk. He's not really letting players talk all too much. It's his word is what you get in terms of insight into these teams, and then some observations that you could get. And the most classic Dino thing ever, in terms of I'm not really going to give you an answer, I'm just going to dance around the question, is to say, we don't have a true second string quarterback behind Garrett Schrader. I'm just going to flip a coin to make that decision. Very, very on brand for Mr. Babers. But Justin Lamson gets the start and, and, and played pretty solid, in all honesty. Uh, it was, you know, uh, I believe there were four total touchdowns scored. Isaiah Jones uh, from Lamson was that first touchdown, which was kind of a cool one because, you know, you saw a little bit from Isaiah Jones this past season, uh, but he got hurt uh, and was out the remainder of the year. And Lamson obviously was was out the whole year as well. So it's, it's two guys that, you know, were coming back from injury to connect for a 33-yard score. That was cool. Um, there have been a lot of nods in terms of media about, you know, Rocky Long's quick, you know, acclamation to to the team, to the players, to the new program. Uh, there's a lot of good comments about that. I unfortunately was unable to watch the game. I was not in town on on Friday, and so I, I missed that. and Have not been back until uh, until Sunday night, so I was not uh, able to see all too much about the game, but. Some big highlights I- included seeing, you know, Lampson at the start. Uh, a couple of number shifts, obviously. I believe Okachuku is now number four. Uh, Justin Barron, I think, is number eight. Maybe there's another one or two that I missed in there. Uh, you got a few big things in there in terms of number switches are always interesting to see for the first time. I think I like Okachuku at four. That's kind of a fun one, uh, as long as I'm not, you know, misinterpreting or, or misremembering those numbers. Uh, Del Rio Wilson played decent as well. He threw for two scores, uh, hit Amari Hatcher uh, both times. It, it's it's fun, uh, and it's 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 good to see these types of things. Even though you know you're not really in a heated game, you're just sort of messing around, running some plays, letting people show some face, uh, and, and go from there. It's it's something to to look at. I'll watch the highlights a little bit more in depth. Uh, coming this week, see if there's anything else that needs to be mentioned. Uh, But that's sort of where where I'll leave on that sort of talk. Maybe I'll bring somebody on who's got a little bit more insight. We'll do another little football update episode in terms of taking a look at the spring game, taking a look at the latest in recruiting. There's not all too much to talk about. You got a lot of guys that are visiting Syracuse football. Not all too many have committed. Um, I haven't heard a ton and quite frankly, and I mean no disrespect to these guys, because we have seen time and time again, lower level players come to Syracuse and have a lot of success, right? All of the guys that we're talking about in terms of Syracuse's draft coming this week uh, are three-star guys that are making their way uh, and and built up really, really good resumes and grew and outperformed those three-star rankings. Your three-star recruits potentialize, right? Your stars, your first your five-star players are theoretically potential first-round guys. That's where it sort of goes from there. Your three-star guys are guys that are sometimes supposed to get to that threshold. So it's not a knock on their ability to do that because Syracuse can uh, flip those players. But when you are a lower-level player with you know, either unranked or with three stars, there's not the most info on you to be able to read into every single guy that visits. There's a lot of people visiting, which is a good sign. And it seems like, right, you know, you have the conversation of how often does anyone ever say that the visit wasn't good, but everyone seems very satisfied, excited, had some fun, uh, which is what you need to do. uh, And we'll see if it can amount to anything uh, in terms of uh, recruits coming and in terms of success a couple of years down the line. Who knows? Uh, To close out today, uh, a little bit of the latest in terms of Cuse Lacrosse for those of you interested. uh, If you're not interested, you should be. It's fun. It's exciting. Uh, And you've got probably the best lacrosse team in the country on the women's side for Syracuse. Uh, They lost their first game of the season to Boston College on Thursday. That game was actually at the SU Men's Soccer Stadium or at the SU Soccer Stadium. The women play there as well. Uh, a little bit of a, of a move from Kayla Trainer to to get you prepared for, for some tournaments. A lot of those games outside uh, Syracuse, when they host NCAA tournament games because of like graduation and things, uh, is playing outside on that stadium. So you're getting a little bit used to it. It was more of a let's not have you know your first tournament game on this SU soccer stadium be the first time you've ever played there. Uh, but they did lose to Boston College, who is a top five team. They're outstanding. Uh, But that wrapped up the regular season for the Cuse women as they head into ACC tournament play. Now, it's interesting because the women's side does have an ACC tournament, but the men's side does not. So the Cuse women will play, I think that game is on Wednesday, uh, against Virginia Tech. Yes, it's a Wednesday 4 o'clock game against Virginia Tech. All of those games will be in Charlotte, uh, which, you know, it's fun, nice weather down there, nicer than here at this point in time, albeit the weather has been quite nice in central New York. Uh, but Syracuse women will take on Virginia Tech. The SU men have one game left in the regular season. Uh, they play the number two team in the country in the Duke Blue Devils. They lost over this past weekend to Virginia, who was an absolute powerhouse on the men's side. Uh, they were three or four, depending on what ranking you're looking at. Uh, it was a 19-12 to 12 game. Uh, coached by Lars Tiffany for Virginia, Central New York guy, like Lars Tiffany a lot. I used to host uh, the Ostrom Avenue podcast, uh, W A R production, which is what you do uh, in terms of radio media when you're a student at Syracuse a lot of the time. Lars Tiffany, we had on a ton, Uh, a lot of fun to talk to, a lot of fun to talk with about, uh, gives you good insight um, and is always excited to hop on. But a Central New York guy, uh, very likable. Uh, and, and when Syracuse lacrosse does lose, I'm I, I, I'm OK sometimes when it's large Tiffany because uh, he's a nice dude, at least to me uh, and to a lot of the guys that that reach out to him. But Syracuse, uh, they close it out on Saturday at noon uh, on the road against Duke. They're they're on the bubble right now. Uh, they're on the bubble to get an at large bid for the NCAA tournament. The tough part. You know, with no ACC tournament, there's no auto bid from the ACC. And even on the men's side, when there was an ACC tournament, there was no auto bid to be won. So it sort of leaves you uh, a little bit with some question marks on the men's side. But the big shout I probably should have led the lacrosse chat with this. Um, but you got to give the shout out to the one Megan Tyrell, all-time points leader for Syracuse Women's Lacrosse. Congratulations. Big-time shouts. Uh, it's been an unbelievable career, absolutely dominant. And, and now there's one more thing left to do, right? You're the all-time points leader at Syracuse. Get out there, make a tournament run, and let's bring home Natty. Uh To have one in men's soccer this season and have one in women's lacrosse this season in terms of the academic year would be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and you look to her and there are some other big time talent on that list as well, but she is, you know, when you are the record breaker, that's where the attention goes and rightfully so, but this is a team with so much depth with so many big name players that are just absolutely outstanding. I feel like I could read you the starting lineup and each one of them is worthy of props at this point in time. Now, obviously Megan Tyrell leads the way Emma, uh, Emma Ward, uh in that conversation as well. She's got 76 points on the season. Megan Carney, Emma Tyrell, the sister. Uh you, know, you can keep going through there, really. Uh Delaney Schweitzer in net has been absolutely electric. Uh, I said she she is telepathic or tele. Yeah, she she can read your mind. She knows where you're going to shoot the ball. She's outstanding. Last year's player last week's player of the week in the ACC. Uh, it's worth watching down the stretch into the tournament, um, a lot of fun to be had. Uh, the ACC for lacrosse is phenomenal. Uh, if you're going to watch some women's lacks, the ACC tournament is the best of the best. Uh, in terms of the NCAA tournament and the ACC tournament, uh, they're probably equally difficult to win because of how dominant the ACC is. So we'll have a lot of good tournament lacrosse coming up. Uh, but that is where we'll end for today. If you've got conversations you want to hear this week, this week is pretty open um so if you've got conversations that you want to hear or want to be had feel free to tweet at LO underscore Syracuse send us a tweet send a DM over uh you can do it in the comments if you made it this far let us know let me know what you want talked about I'll do my best to cover it uh to the best of my ability but that will do for today's episode thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day free and available wherever you get your podcasts if you're looking for a little bit more from Lockdown you can go ahead and check out that mock draft special six episodes all out uh, for your viewing or listening purposes. Uh, if you do not, please subscribe, turn the notification bell on for when I post, you get immediately notified so you can tune right in uh, and get the latest in terms of QS athletics. But that'll do it. I'm Owen Valentine. Have a great day. Make somebody smile today. Be a kind person. And I will see you tomorrow for your Tuesday episode. Peace.